Today's episode is sponsored by Alone in the Dark. The highly anticipated new reimagination by Pieces Interactive and THQ Nordic. Play as Edward Carnby or Emily Hartwood to explore your environments, fight monsters, solve puzzles, and uncover the true secret of Dorsetto Manor. Our favorite heroes are brought to life by Hollywood stars Jodie Comer of Killing Eve and David Harbour of Stranger Things, who lend not only their voices, but their appearance and their formidable acting skills to the brave protagonists. Experience a deep psychological story that goes beyond the realms of the imaginable, all dreamed up by Mikhail Hedberg, cult horror writer of Soma and Amnesia. The team at Pieces Interactive is supported by monster designer and legendary Guillermo del Toro collaborator Guy Davis, as well as doom jazz legend Jason Conan, who provides his eerie and haunting melodies for the right atmosphere. Alone in the Dark is available March 20th on PS5, Xbox Series XS, and PC. Pre-order your copy now and escape into the dark. This is Creepy, a podcast dedicated to sharing the most famous, chilling, and disturbing creepy pastas and urban legends in the world. Whether these stories truly happened or are simply fabrications is for you to decide. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Creepy presents the 31 Days of Horror, Day 11. Persuaded by Chris Stewart. It's been two weeks since the whole thing started. It all started with a tanker accident. It was all over the news. Everyone thought it was just another oil spill. There were plenty of volunteers, plenty of people wanting to help the poor defenseless animals, plenty of victims. Within hours of the tanker accident, it started happening. The animals had gone crazy. They were scratching and biting the cleanup volunteers. They said it was an adverse effect to whatever was in the tanker. Rescue workers were still trying to get the crew out of the ship. They could hear screaming inside. Screams to open the doors. But that's when it all went to hell. Soon as they cut the door out. There were six minutes of broadcast before it went silent. Six minutes of screaming and agony. The ship crew attacked the rescue workers like rabid baboons breaking bones and tearing flesh. The people on the shore weren't faring any better. Those that had been attacked by animals were attacking everyone else. It was worse than any war zone report. It was sheer brutality. And yet the broadcast still went on for six minutes. Six minutes. And then blank faces. Nobody could explain what was happening. They tried to continue with regular news, the economy, the weather, a cute human interest story. 
but they couldn't make us unsee what we saw. I tried to continue with my regular existence, but every time I switched on the news or walked by a newsstand, it was there. This big mystery. They had some explanations, some kind of infection, brain parasites, but it didn't matter. It wasn't an infection. It wasn't an infection we were afraid of. It was them. Four days after the initial report, a state of emergency was raised. And yet we'd all seen this before. Every zombie movie ever. People don't know who to trust. People were stockpiling food and weapons. Some tried to flee, but it seems every zombie movie was right. They didn't make it. Three days later, they arrived in my town. I expected moans, shuffling corpses, dismemberment. But that's where the movies lied. They ran through the streets, screaming. I remember running to my front door as fast as I could, locking, barricading, doing anything to make sure it would stay shut, and then I headed for the window. I was on the second story and I could see the carnage. They were unstoppable. They were aware. A group of them made their way through a building across the street. They jumped straight through plate glass windows. Even the shards slicing through them made no difference. They just kept coming. My barricade wasn't going to hold. I rushed through my flat, grabbing supplies and jamming them into the most secure room of the flat. I went back for one last look across the street, and I wish I hadn't. In a second story window, my face met one of theirs. They knew where I was. I quickly dashed into the room and locked the door. I don't have any kind of panic room or secure basement, so the safest place I could think of was my bathroom. No windows. One door with a lock. I'd filled my sink and bathtub full of water so I could stay for a while. So I sat there in the dark room, with the distant screams in my ears. I began to feel like I may have overreacted. It had been two hours and no sign of them. It actually got quieter and I thought they'd moved on. Maybe I could leave the room, go to the kitchen, grab some food and wait it out. A crash came from the front door. The sound of someone running full force into the door and knocking down the barrier behind it. There was a couple more crashes before I knew they were inside. Rapid footsteps moving around the flat. A couple of screams and a bang on the wall beside me. My eyes were open to their widest, even in the pitch black darkness of the room. Another bang and another. They knew I was there and they knew I was scared. This was the zombie nightmare I had been expecting from the start. I had nowhere to run. There was only so much time before they would break in. I sat with my back to the door, hoping my extra weight would make it harder for them to get in. And then it got worse. Why don't you open the door? A voice on the opposite side of the door. No screams or moans, just a quiet, whispery voice, and then more of them. We've come for you. The whispery voices became a cacophony of noise trying to persuade me, to break me, to fool me. 
I'd heard that moaning of zombies would drive people insane, but this was worse. A siren call. I sat in the darkness and hoped and prayed that they'd get bored. But they don't get bored. And they don't leave. I managed to use the mirror to peek under the door, only to be greeted by horrible, unblinking eyes, blood-smeared faces, screams, and more horrible whispers. That was two days ago. I don't know what to do anymore. Maybe it won't be so bad. I seem to have missed a decimal point, or 12. God, I hate touchscreens. Welcome to the Ridgeway Motel. Remember that every 24 hours is a fresh start. The annual event is BYOB. Bring your own Bigfoot. <laughs> I'm familiar with Esperanto. Looks like you got yourself a bottle of magic developer fluid. What just happened? It's impossible. Oh, God, it's going to be Thunderdome and miniskirts. I wish we were in Machu Picchu. Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting clown. Interrupting clown. Tyler, how did you do that? Uncanny County Season 2. Coming this fall to a dimension near you. Catch up on Season 1 at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts can be found. We'll see you this fall, and we'll probably be standing right behind you. For more information, including pictures and videos of the stories told on this podcast, or to suggest stories for future episodes, please visit us at CreepyPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or email us at CreepyPod at gmail.com. All stories told on this podcast can be found at creepypastawikia.com and are protected by a Creative Commons license. Some rights reserved unless otherwise stated. Item number SCP-5186 SCP-7160 SCP-7533 Object Class Euclid Keter Safe Special Containment Procedures <laughs> Spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust <laughs> The only thing I could hear was 7219 <laughs> laughing <laughs> Do you remember your name? Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.